We're starting six lines down, and the line with the Gemara says, Ini. Ini, Ini, is this actually true? So what are we discussing? We're discussing, let's take a step back here, the Mazik of Shein Varegel. The Torah says, Shein Varegel will be our Besteacher, that it consumes in another field. So what does it mean to be our Besteacher? To exclude or just to rob him, not in the street. Shein Varegel, that happens in the street, you're not high for it. Famous riff explains the idea is, on the street, you know, it's almost like unavoidable damage. Of course, I'm going to bring my animals to the street. That's where my animals go. And once I'm there, it, it, what it does normally and what it wants to have pleasure from, it's very hard to protect against that happening. So therefore, Shane Varegel specifically are only high of if they damage in the Rishus of the Nizek. But if it happens in the street, what's the halacha? The halacha is that you're potter. So the Gemara wanted to know, what if it wasn't a classic street setting? It's not a Rishus Rabin, but rather what it is, it's a setting of uh, uh, two partners have a yard that they own together. Reuven and Shimon, and uh, they have their fruits there, they got their oxen that they bring in there, and, and the, the, the damage occurred in that shared, partnered um, land. So yesterday, the Gemara was saying that, that, that you are exempt, because it's not beer v'stacher. The point is, it's, it, if I'm allowed to be here just as much as you, so it's not a beer v'stacher. So now the Gemara challenges whether or not that's really true. Ini is this true about Tanya Yosef. If Yosef teaches a brisa, a yard that belongs to partners, or like an inn, where like people, whoever's staying there at the time, it's for them. You are liable for shin varegel damage for an animal done there. So he says, Rebbe Lazar, that rejects Rebbe Lazar, what he said yesterday. Rebbe Lazar said yesterday, you're not liable for shin varegel done by one partner in the partner field. And here, this price of Rebbe Yosef teaches differently. It says you are chayv. So that's the question. So the Gemara responds, You think that this is really a good gosh on me? You don't think there are other prices out there that disagree about this issue? And he's going to bring another price, so, which is going to seem to support him. It says another price, would make four big rules in regard to the liability for damages. If it's a place that only the damaged party is allowed to go and not the damager, meaning like his private yard, it's only for the Nizak, well then clearly the damager is fully liable. The Gemara will, will come to tell us later. It doesn't just mean, you know, you're chayav for anything that happens. It's a little bit more than that. It's saying you're chayav to pay full damages. And we're going to touch upon a new issue. I'm just going to foreshadow because it's already in the language. You're chayav in everything. It means if a weird type of damage happens, what normally do you pay? Half nesek, right? Like if my animal cores your animal, I only pay half damages if my animal has not been warned. All of that is only in the street. But Rabbi Tarfan holds that if it happens in a private location, then even Tom... Even Karen pays full damages, and he makes a kavachomer. He explains that if, if it's true that, that Shane Varegel are chayv to pay full damages, certainly Karen. And the whole halacha that, 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 that Karen of Atam pays only half nezek, and his view is only in the street. So when we say if it's a rishos for the nizek and not for the mazik, you're chayv bakol, it means you're chayv in full to pay the full damages. The mazik below the nizek, let's say it's a place that's only the, for, the, for the mazik and not the nizek, like the mazik's yard. So the nizek was, was careless, and he let his animal roam into my yard, and man, in my yard, my animal hurt it. I'm totally exempt, right? I say to you, what in the world was your ox doing in my property? If it's a place that's both for this one and that one, meaning both the Nizek and the Mazik have rights to be there. Like a yard belonged to partners or an area like open fields. So they generally used to be owned collectively. It's not like a street. They reliable for chain and regal, the damage which is done, which is done there. Um, and, and I'm sorry. Potter bal shen varegel, your potter for shen varegel, and the reason is it's not considered to be beer v'ste acher, and uh, therefore your potter. And this is the the, the brisa which we're saying clearly goes like Rabbi Lazar, not like the brisa of uh, of Tani Rav Yosef. 
then we conclude on for the weird types of damages, goring, pushing, biting, squatting, or kicking. So if it happens in these locations, if the owner of the animal, the, the animal was a tom, you pay half. Muad, if the owner of the animal was if the muad was muad, then you pay nezek shala. Okay, so that's the third case. What's the fourth case? Let's say it's a location that's not for this one or that one. What would an example be? Let's say it's a yard that doesn't belong to either of them. So let's say it would seem to be, the Gemara is going to explain it differently, but Pasha would be, you know, Reuven and Shimon both were careless about their oxen and they both wandered into Levi's field. So now in that scenario, what's the halacha? We say, so the, the damage that occurs there, you're fully liable. Um, you are fully liable. For damages done in weird ways, you pay Nezek. So again, it says four klalim. Uh, what are the four klalim here? If it's only for the Nizek and not for the Mazik, I pay for everything. If it's only for the Mazik and not for the Nizek, I'm totally exempt. If it's a place that we share, you're part of Shein Varegal. If it's a place that, that neither of us are meant to be, so then we say you're Chai for Shein Varegal. Okay, so after that whole b'risa, the Kadani Mias, what did we get out of that b'risa? That, that it said pretty explicitly, case three, chazar shotun v'habika, the yard belongs to the partners or to open fields. Potter v'alash, your potter. That's exactly like Rebbe Lazar. Not like the b'risa that we started with today from Rebbe Yosef. So the Ganal the Gemara turns after it does that. It's interesting. The Gemara says, kashin al-dadi. They contradict one another. So, you know, when you learn Gemara, it's also often a confusing thing. Is it a problem that two Brises contradict each other? Like, today, why is that such a problem, right? We had Rav Yosef Brises, we have Rav Lozer's opinion. We, didn't, we were trying to refute each one. We end up saying that it's a Machlokas Tanom. Isn't that, like, that's good, right? The Gemara doesn't stop there. The Gemara says, Kashin Like, the Gemara, the Gemara is probing further here and trying to see if there's some sort of reconciliation that can be made between the Brises. So the Gemara says, again, on what issue are we trying to reconcile? What is the din of Shein Varegel in Chatzar HaShutfim? In a street, I am Potter, in a private location, of the Nizek I'm Chayef. What about a shared location? Kitani Hi, what is the last price we're talking about when it says your potter? That's talking about a yard which is both for both of their fruits and for both of their oxen. It's owned by both partners. They're each allowed to bring their produce and each allowed to bring their oxen. That if, they're, if they have total equal rights together, so that's clearly not beer bestay acher, because each partner has just as much rights in the other one, and therefore the, you are exempt for Shein and Varegel for the damage which is done there. The Mazik is allowed to bring his ox there. It's not beer bestay acher. And, 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 and that's the second price, which, which is more like inclined with the way we had thought about Rabbi Lazar's opinion. What about the first price of Rabbi Yosef Shita? Ahid Rabbi Yosef, that first price of Rabbi Yosef that says that the Mazik is high of Bechatim Yuchadas Lapeiros. It meant that it was a joint yard that we can both store our fruit. The Enum Yuchadas it didn't mean that we both had rights to bring our oxen in. Meaning the deal was we can both store our fruit, but only one of us has the right to bring in animals. That was the way the, the lease was signed, you know, like that was like that. So in such a case, the Lagabe Shein, Avala Chatzar Nizek, with respect to damage that happens with Shein, it is Chatzar Nizek. Why? Because the Mazik who brought his ox in is not allowed to. So therefore he is liable. So what we're saying is, according to this view so far, is that really the criteria of Biyah Bersteh Acher isn't so much like, is this my private space to exclude yours as much as, is it my, is it, did I have a right to bring my ox here? That's really more the key. So if we totally have equal rights, we can both bring our ox in there, then you're going to be potter for Shein Varegel, just like your potter in the street. The first bride that said your hive is in a shared place, it means that we have a shared place that we store our fruit, but only I, uh, only, only, only the Nizek has a right to bring in his ox. So in that case, 
if the if the mazik's ox wanders in, it was wrong for the mazik to allow his ox to come in, and therefore he is liable for what happened. So the gemara has made reconciliation. There's two types of chatzar shotzvit. If it's miyuchad for both paris and and, and and oxen, so then you're going to be positive for shame v'regal. If it's only miyuchad the paris but not miyuchad for the oxen, so then you're going to be chayiv for shame v'regal. Dekanami, this can be inferred from the reading of the brides. So it said, it said next to an inn. An inn is usually a place where you don't bring in your oxen. It said, it said next to an area of open fields where usually oxen are allowed to enter. So therefore, from that, from from the, like the neighboring case in each bride, so we could see that there's a distinction what type we're talking about. And the first bride saw from 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 uh, from, from Rav Yosef, we're talking about that the, like an inn where oxen were not allowed in. And the other bride saw where your partner was a case where oxen were allowed in. Says the Gemara now a question, and this is what's going to come out. What do we come out? Rav Yosef's bride is saying if it's used for both parties for produce, but not for oxen, so then you you are liable for Shane Varego, right? Because even though we both have our rights to put the fruit here, but Lamais, I didn't have a wrap for my ox. Moscow for Abzera. Abzera doesn't like this lumpus. Kiki asks as follows: Kimi nuchas laperos. If the yard is set aside for both of our produce, so how is it? How are we going to say you're chayishin for regel because I don't have a right for my ox to come in there? Doesn't it have to be a beer v'steacher? It's a field of another person. It's not a field of another person. Lamaisa, the mazik has use of the field. So what's Rebzera arguing? Rebzera is arguing that you think it's about the ox being allowed in. It's not. It's about it being another person's field. If I have the right to have my produce there just as much as you, it's not your field any more than mine. So therefore, it's not about the ox having rights to come in, according to Rebbe Zera, if it's about it being a location that only the Nizak uses. So if the Masik uses it for fruit as well, he should be exempt. I'm Abai said, no. Since Lamaisa, even if I have rights to bring in my fruit, but I don't have rights to bring in my oxen, it's a field of another person in the sense that only he can bring his oxen, not me. So therefore, Abai is arguing that what we had said previously does make sense. It does make sense that if it's Miyokha for Paris, but not Miyokha for Shorm, I don't have a right to bring my ox. It is Deacher, and I therefore am liable for Shane Varego. So now the Gemara has established that the two prices aren't arguing with one another. So now we go back to yesterday. The same way we, were, we reconciled that the prices weren't arguing, they were just talking about two different types of So maybe I'm a right now, I'm a rum that we quoted yesterday, Rav Chista against Rabbi Lazar. Maybe there's no disagreement. Rav Chista said that you are liable in Chatzar Shotzvin, Rabbi Lazar said not. Maybe they were just talking about different cases. Rav Chista was saying you're liable, he meant that it was jointly owned only, only in regard to Paris, but not to Shvar. And Rabbi Lazar said you're exempt. He was talking about a chatzar, which was miyuchad for shvarim as well. Like, why can't we reconcile that? I'm a lay in. You're right. You could do that. You could do that. We could say there's no dispute here at all, even in Amaram. If you want to say that they're arguing, they would be disagreeing over that exchange that we just had between Rabzera and Abai. If you want to say that they're arguing about something, it's not as broad as we originally thought it was. Originally, we thought it was, oh, they're just arguing. Now we could say, no, they're arguing specifically in a case where it's, where, where it's jointly used for produce, but not for oxen. And the root of the argument is if the mazik can't bring his ox in, is it like a steacher or not? And Bai said, it is a steacher and you're chayav. And Rabbi Lozzi says, it's not a steacher because I have my, I have my right to bring my fruit in. So that would be the, the root of the dispute if they would bring it in. So we really narrowed it down. If it, it comes out from the Gemara after all is said and done, if it's totally, totally shared place, we have our rights to bring in our fruit and our oxen, really everyone says you're potter. The whole times where it gets complicated is only when I don't have a right to bring my oxen in. 
Says the Gemara Vaiter, Gufa, Arba Kalolos, Abisham Lazar, Omer Nizaka. Now we analyze the Brysa, the four Kalolos. Koshu, which is a Nizik, Lomaz Mazik, Chayav Bakol. If it's a place that only the Nizik has a right to be and not the Mazik, like a classic Nizik's backyard scenario, and the Mazik was clear, careless and his ox wandered in, Chayav Bakol. You're Chayav in full. Allah kolo kadani doesn't say your chayev for any type of damage. It says your chayev in full. Allah chayev bakol. What does that mean? Bakuli nezek. No matter what happened, you pay full damages, even if it was Karen. And Karen usually pays half, but not if it happened in the mishus of the nezek. Mani, who are you talking like? Rabbi Tarfon, we're following the view of Rabbi Tarfon. Dama mishuna Karen bechatsar nezek nezek shalom mishab. The opinion of Rabbi Tarfon will analyze this further in the mesachta. Is that when weird types of activity happen, like Karen, like goring or biting? Yes, it's true you pay half nezek, but that's only in the street. In the chatsar nezek, you pay nezek shalom. Says the Gemara, but that conclusion seems to be con- contradicted by the last part of the Brisa. Emaseva, the end of the Brisa, the fourth rule said, Lozev, Lozev, if it's a place that's for neither of them, like the damage occurred in the yard that didn't belong to either of the parties, not to the Nizik or the Mazik. What does the Brisa mean when it's saying it's not for this one or that one? If it means that it plays not for this one or that at all, means it belongs to a third party. Says the Gemara, read this carefully. In order to be chayev, you have to be that the damage occurred in a field of another, Valeka. It didn't happen in this case. What's the Gemara arguing? Ubir b'steacher doesn't just mean that the damage occurred in a place that's not mine. It means that the field has to belong to the nizik. So if, the, if it occurred, if Reuven and Shimon's oxen were, were in Levi's field, the damager should not be hired for Shein Varego. Really interesting point. Ubir b'steacher means that it was the sade of the acher, meaning the nizak. So the Gemara does not tolerate the price of Ketirah. So Pashtus, the price was saying if it occurred in a random person's third, third party's field, I'm Chaim Shein Varego, to Shimon. That's the Gemara, it's not true. Ubir b'steacher means it has to be the property of the nizak. So certainly that's not what it's saying. It means that it's not for this one or this one, meaning it's not for both of them, it's only for one of them. It's only for the Nizak. Ukitani Seifa. So, and what's the Seifa saying? It's saying, even though it was the Rishas the Nizak, listen to the way we're, t- we're translating the words. It wasn't for this one and this one. It wasn't for both of them. Rather, it was only one of them. It was only the Nizak's yard. What's the halacha? The Bryce comes to add that a Tom pays half Nizak and Muad pays on Kushalim. And what's it coming to say? Even though it's on Nizik, you only pay half Nizik for Karen. Rachel Reptar from Sefer Rabbanon is the Rachel Reptar from the end Rabbanon. Meaning, in the beginning, we seem to imply that in Rishasan Nizik, if Karen happens, you pay full, like Reptar from. At the end, we're coming to say, if it wasn't for both this one and this one, meaning it was only for one of them, Rishasan Nizik, you pay half for a time. So it's a contradiction here. It's only like the Rabbanon says the Gemara in. We could say that. To Amr Leishmol, Rav Yudah Shmuel said to Rav Yudah about another Mishnah, Shininah, Sharpon Shvok, Masisim Vesabas, right? Follow the Mishnah and come after me. Meaning, Sometimes you have to follow my explanation of the Mishnah. Rachel Rav Tavron say for Rabbanon. You have the beginning that's only going like Rav Tavron, and the end that's only like the Rabbanon. So our price, we could say the same thing. Really, there is a machlokas of Karen Tam pays Hatsi Nezek and Nezek Shalim in Rosh Hashanah. Is the beginning of the price of like Rav Tavron, the end holds like the Rabbanon. What about the end of the price? What's the last case? My What does it mean? It's not for this one and that one. It's talking about a case that is not designated for this one and this one for produce, but it is for one of them. It is for 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 this one and that one for oxen. So when we say it's not for for either one of them, what we mean is in in in, in respect to storing fr- fruit there. But they do share the privileges in the yard to bring oxen there. So therefore, why? In regard to Shane is considered chatzar nizik. 
Why? Because it's only him who's allowed to use it for the produce. It's only the damaged party who has a right to keep the produce there. So it is Ubir Vestei Acher, even though the Mazik is allowed to bring his ox there. But since he's the only one who could bring his fruit, so therefore it is Ubir Vestei Acher. But since in regard to Karen, it's, we both have our rights to bring our ox in there. So therefore it's just like the street. And even Reb Tarfan would agree, you only pay half damages. So let's just try to un- unpack what was just, just said. Reb Tarfan says in the Chatzar Nizek, Karen pays Nizek Shalim. Says the Gemara, but that's not going to be true. And that's true in, in a in a private place like which is a nizik, but not a shared location that we can both bring our oxen. That's no different than the street, where what's the halacha? You pay only chetzi, you only pay chetzi nizik. Fine. So that's the case that we both have rights for our oxen. But the reason in this case why you're paying um, why you're paying for 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 for, for Shane, the, the, the case is that we didn't have rights for the for the for the, for the produce. So since it, since, since it wasn't a case that we both have rights for the produce, only one has rights for the produce. It is beer It is his private uh, thing, and therefore I am chayav. Now, there's a little bit of lumdus here that the Achronim are trying to figure this out. Earlier, what did the Gemara say? That where the mazik is allowed to bring his animal into the yard, it's not considered uh, ubir, it's not considered ubir b'steacher. But they, we could, so how come the Gemara is saying that it's ubir b'steacher because one has the right to the produce? The answer is, and this is the big chilek, before the Gemara was saying a shared yard both for produce and for oxen. That's not ubir b'steacher. But if it's only yours for the fruit, even though I have my, even though we both have rights for oxen, that's certainly ubir b'steacher. Meaning it could be ubir b'steacher if only the nizak has the right for the fruit. That for sure is true. If we both have rights for the fruit and for the oxen, that's where it's not ubir it's a little bit tricky what comes out from the Gemara, but that's what emerges. The Maskana of the Gemara, let's just go over clear. If we both have rights for fruits and rights for oxen, that's what the Maskana of the Gemara, that's not a Be'er We are exempt just like we're exempt in the street. If we both have rights for fruit, but one of us, only one of us has the right for the oxen, not the mazik. That was the Gemara before. A whole discussion, a whole dispute, not so simple how to look at that case if you're Chai Repater. The opposite if we both have rights for oxen, but only one of us has rights for his fruit, that certainly is Ubiyar B'Steachar in regard to Shane, and certainly I pay for Menezek Shalim for the Shane. Whereas in the Karen, what would happen there, it would be like happening in the street, and you pay Chatzinezek. So a little bit tricky putting together all those cases. Says the Gemara, Yihach, if that's the case, over here that the final case is talking about where only the damaged party had his right to bring the produce, and both had right to the oxen, our boss, so there's not four rules, Shloshav, there's only three rules. Because actually, there's no, there's no new halacha here. We're talking about a yard... That's the premises of the Nizek Klapishin Varegel, and it's public Klapi Karen. So it's not different than any of the first three rules. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, Tapad Amadez, Shalosh HaKlalos Ba'avim Mekamas. You're right, it's only three rules, but it's applying in four places. You're right, there's three halachos. What are the three halachos that, that damages on the Rishos HaNizek, the damager pays in full, like Rav Tarfan's opinion, even Karen, if it's done on the Mazik's property, it's always potter. And if it's done in a joint own yard, so then you're chayab for Karen and exempt for Shane Varegel. But we save four rules because there's two types of jointly owned yards. There's the case where it's jointly owned for both prudes and for oxen, but you're totally potter on the Shane Varegel. And then there's this case where it's only jointly owned for the oxen, but it's only yours for the fruit, where then where then I'm going to be chayab because klapi shin is be ever stachar. So even though it's three rules, it's four locations, four different scenarios, and therefore we break it into four clauses. All right, here we go. We continue weiter about how to pay. We speak a little bit cryptically. The Gemara is going to analyze each word here. Shum kasef. You make monetary assessments to pay. Shava kasef. It's worth something worth money. B'nei basin in front of a court. Val and based on witnesses. B'nei chorin who are free people. B'nei brisin who are Jewish. Women are included in the laws of damages. Both the damaged party and the damager are involved in the way the payment happens. 
So don't get confused about it. Each line here will be explained in the Gemara. My Shum Kesef, what do we mean when we say it's assessed? What do we have to assess? Amar Shum What it's saying is that the amount to be collected should be based all upon damage about the money that was lost. What does that mean as, as opposed to what? How else would I assess, assess damage if not by money? It's like what it says in a price. Imagine a cow damaged a garment, or a garment damaged a cow. Meaning, like a simple case, there's like the cow goes into the property and steps on a garment, or it was uh, it, it tripped on a garment lying there and it broke its leg, you know, something like that. So you have you have a trade off of damage here. So someone got hurt and the other person, both parties got hurt from each other. In we don't say that the cow should go to the damaged party as payment for the uh, garment or or the garment should go for the cow. It's not fair because it's not necessarily the same amount that it damaged, not the same value. So it's an interesting havamina, but it sounds like there was some sort of havamina that if I damage you and you damage me, they just offset each other, right? It's like offsetting penalties, even if they're not necessarily equal in, 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 in how severe the penalty is, but offsetting penalties cancel. I'm saying it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like the damages. You look at the, the monetary value and that value has to get to the party. Shavakasef with something worth money. The Tana Rabbanon Shavakasef. Malami, this teacher saying, "Ben Iskak and Elachasim Shishmachas." What do we mean with something worth money? That we only collect from real property. Real property is real estate, and that's considered. Um, it's, uh, that that that's what Shavakasef is referring to. The Gemara will explain how it's like that in one second. If the damaged party goes and instead of taking real estate, he takes movables, basing gavulomayam, the court will collect from them. The Gemara is going to explain what in the world is going on here. It sounds like we're saying you can only collect, you can only collect from real estate, or maybe if the mazik sees movable. So the Gemara analyzes what was just said. Amar Mar Shavakasem How is Shavakasef referring to real estate? Shavakasef means worth money. How does worth money? Equal real estate. Real estate is it's worth any amount of money that someone pays for it. What does that mean to say? Is that there's not subject to the laws of or not. Usually in business, there's laws of cheating. The laws of regular laws of cheating do not apply to real estate. Whatever the the, the, the price is, that's what the price was. Says the Gemara, it's not my meal. What are you trying to say? It's worth anything? Because it doesn't. It's not subject to the laws of, of fraud and, and, and sale. Slaves and legal documents also aren't shy to own no. Uh, if someone overpaid for a slave or a legal document, it stands even if it was more than a sixth off. So, 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 but what we're saying is specifically real estate that you could collect from. So that doesn't make, seem to make sense, our definition of Shavakasa. <laughs> means something that's acquired with money. Usually, what do you acquire with money? Real estate. Because metallically, you can't be coined with Kasef. So therefore, something like Nick Kasef refers to real estate. Says the Gemara, it's not again, it's not, it's not precise because of other Shars, not Kasef. Slaves and legal documents could be acquired with money. And here we're saying Shavakasev specifically refers to real estate. So it has to be that, again, we got it wrong. Elamar, Rav Ashi, Shavakasev, Elokasev means something worth money, but isn't money. All the other things that we mentioned, even all movables and even slaves and legal documents are itself money. What is the Gemara saying? Listen to the Gemara's philosophy of economics. What is money? Money is something that I can move from place to place and spend. So anything is like that. Whether it's currency, whether it's movables, whether it's a slave, whether it's a document, it's like that. The one thing that's not like that is real estate. So therefore, when we say Shavakasev, that's what makes Shavakasev refer to Karka specifically. So it's not, okay. So now that we got that definition clear and we're saying, and when saying you collect from Shavakasev, it's saying damages are collected only from property. So the Gemara is like, wait a second, is that true? That Baba Kama damages are only collected from property. Ramali reviewed the Rachina, Rafuna, 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 what was the price of Shavakasev? Lam Shavas and Khazan Shavakas, Fatan, Yashav, Rabba Shavakasafi Luzubin. We quoted this before that you could pay with anything, even brand. 
So what is going on? We see that even movable properties could be collected for damages. Says the Gemara, you're right. Of course, generally collect movable properties. We're talking about orphans. There was a person who did the damages. He died. And now the Nitzvah is trying to collect from the orphans. So therefore, the halacha is just like any debt. You're not allowed to collect. You're not allowed to collect from movables. Rather, you're only allowed to collect uh, from things that have a real shibud on it. And the real things that are real shibud are considered real estate. Says the Gemara, Ibi Asmi, if we're talking about a case that you're collecting from the orphans, Ema Seifa, let's ask from the Seifa, I'm called the Nizik with Tafsim If the damaged party went first and he grabbed the movables, based on the Govalamayat, based on will allow him to collect. So Ibi Asmi, if the case is we're dealing with an orphan, am I, based on his Govalamayat, why would based on let that happen? Let's say, right, a, a, a debtor died and now the Arshim, the Yarshim, a lot of movables. So there's no Shibut on movables. Imagine that the creditor goes and seizes them. He can't keep them. He can't keep them. Movable properties are not mashubid. So, so why are we going to allow? Why are we going to allow it to keep? Allow, allow the nizak to keep it if he seized it. Says the case is he seized it not after death. He seized it while 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 the debtor was still alive. So maybe he didn't mean to pay him back. Like imagine this case: someone owes you money, so you steal his wallet. You keep his wallet. You're holding his wallet. And then he died. There you're allowed to keep his wallet. Even though the Yisomim don't have to pay you for movables. But here I was already holding those movables before the death of the debtor. So that's the case. So to summarize, when you're collecting from the, from the Mazik himself, of course you could collect even from movables. But if the Mazik dies and you're collecting from the Yisomim, so then you're only allowed to collect from things that have a Shibud like real estate. But if you made a Tfis on the Metal Tzad Mechaim, he could keep it. If Nei Basin, it has to be in front of a court. So what exactly does that mean? That it means the same we're collecting from the real estate it has to be that it was in the possession of the it was in the possession of these people at the time of the court when the court ruled. What does that mean? Imagine a guy a guy had real estate and he sold it and then they went to court. So the court then will not take away the real estate. Why? It sounds like you only collect from real estate in the possession of the mazik. But if he sold it before the court case, then it's not around anymore and we don't collect from there. Says the Is that true? Isn't that the whole concept of a lien? That's what a shibut is. If shibut was there as soon as the damage happened. Should we deduce if someone borrows money and sells his properties and then they came to court that Basin doesn't collect from the, le- for the lender? It's not true. That's the whole lien. A lien is that even if you sell it, we collect. Says the Gemara, you're right. Of course, that's not true. Of course, even if you sold your properties, we can collect from it. Ella, probably based had Yotos. We're coming to exclude a court is a court of non-smicha type of judges. It has to be a basin, a legitimate basin, people who are ordained to have smicha. If they don't have smicha, then we will not, uh, we will not, we will not use them. Apiedim, has to be with witnesses. Let's say someone admitted to a penalty and then witness showed up. Shu you are pater. Allah is knas is pater. If you admit to a fine, you are pater. Like what's an example like that? Someone admits that he stole. So normally you're gonna face kafel. But if you admit, then then you're pater. So even if witnesses showed up afterwards, you're still pater. Once you got into the court and you admitted it on your own, if it's a fine, if it's a penalty, you're pater, even if Adim show up afterwards. Says the Gemara, that's actually a machlokas, right? According to the opinion that if you first admit and then Adim come your chive, what are you going to say? What's the price of teaching? What's the mission of teaching us? If it's just teaching us, if you admit it yourself, of course, that's obvious. And, and if you if, if you admit it and then Adim come, according to one opinion, you're chive. So what's it saying? Says It was the end that the Tana wanted to teach. What's the end? That who are the people who could testify? 
only witnesses who are free men or Jewish people. Not slaves. To exclude Gentiles. Gentiles cannot be Adam. Why is that important? I would say a slave cannot be a witness. He has no good lineage. In other words, his children, the children of a slave, aren't legally considered his children in halacha. A guy has lineage. His children are his children. So he's more of a chash of a mensch. I would say he's not excluded to be a witness. You only tell me a guy cannot be a witness. He's not obligated to any mitzvahs. A slave is mechuyiv in certain mitzvahs. He's mechuyiv in any mitzvahs that a woman has to do. I would say he's not excluded as a witness. It's necessary to say this chiddush, that goyim and slaves are not kosher for witnesses. That was the point that we were bringing out. Yeah, of course, and according to this opinion, the prize, the mission one just wanted to bring out that when we say witnesses in court, who are the witnesses in court who are kosher and the laws of damage? Only, only those, um, only those who, are, who, who, who are Jewish and free people.